Susan Eads, Jody Loomis, Jessica Bagan, Christy Mirak, Gwen Miller. What do all these women have in common? They are all murder victims whose cases went cold for decades until they were finally solved thanks to a new crime-solving technique that is changing the game, forensic genealogy. But who were these women? Why did their homicide cases remain open and unsolved for so long? Who were their killers? And what was the link between each victim and her murderer? DNA ID sets out to answer these questions. My podcast looks at the original crime, the investigative work on the case, red herrings, potential suspects, and the evidence left behind by the killer. And it then examines how each case was solved by forensic genealogy and the connection that led to the fateful interaction between victim and murderer. In many cases, I speak to the detectives who cracked the case, and they give me insight into their methods, theories, and what went on behind the scenes. Join me every other Monday for a new episode. Be sure to subscribe to DNA ID wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Warning. The following podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to the jury room where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth. From cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries, these stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Jury Room Podcast, the Aftermath episode. I hope everyone out there enjoyed this episode on... The unfortunate killing of Robert Whitwell and at the hands of his granddaughter, which is a complete psycho in herself. So, but today I'm excited because I have one of the people who've been around from the beginning since I started this podcast. We have Aaron from the I Had to Say It podcast. Aaron, why don't you say hi and introduce yourself to everybody? Hi, everybody. I'm Aaron. Uh, I'm the host, producer, director, writer, and general idiot behind I Had to Say It. Um, it is a podcast where it's basically me blowing off a lot of stress about whatever happens to be stuck in my craw at the moment. And, uh, we talk a lot about how people are dumb and do dumb things and why they shouldn't. And I try and keep it kind of light and humorous, but that's kind of the general gist of things. And where can they find your podcast at? Uh, my podcast can be found at, uh, I had to say it pod podcast.com uh, is the website available on all the podcatchers, spotify apple music etc etc um just by searching for i had to say it i'm pretty much the only one that comes up i'm on all the socials twitter and instagram and okay not all the socials those are basically the only two i do have anything to do with um i'm on twitter you know plugging other shows making smart ass comments on people's posts uh, Instagram is basically pictures of all the cool shit I get from other podcasts <laughs> and like my collection of mugs. Uh, I'm at the point where it's like, I need to start actually being act- a little more active on those things other than I, I engage with people a lot. I'm just not the biggest content creator because I'm not pretty enough for video and I, I've been kind of busy, so I don't get to do as much, as much graphical type stuff as I would like. Uh, but I'm trying to get better. I've been making more stuff recently. So, but there's a really good chance if you go on one of my socials, you will actually get to interact with me because I do answer things back and try and engage with people and 
you know, I mean, it's anything I'll, I can give you advice. I can give you, I can offer recipes. <laughs> I I'm yeah, I'm, I'm on there. I'm it's me. I don't have like a secretary or anything. So. Well, you're the prettiest secretary I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> but uh, anything you're working on, any upcoming episodes you're excited about, anything like that? Um, Actually, I'm excited about, I've been getting some more collaboration stuff set up. Uh, you know, I've got some guest episodes work in the works. Uh, other than that, a lot of my stuff is, you know, very kind of spur of the moment as it were i mean there's it's it's basically road rage on audio <laughs> uh i mean there there are a few like actual themed planned out and researched and things i'm working on uh we're doing i've been lo- looking at a lot of social things that are driving me nuts uh my most recent episode we we're talking about like overbearing youth sports parents I mean, like it's let the kids have fun, right? If it, your kids in fourth grade playing summer league baseball, they're not, there's no scholarship on the line. They're not being scouted. They're not being recruited. There's literally no reason for you to be cussing at your kid from the sidelines because he dropped the, 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 the line drive or something. It's that, that's, that stuff drives me nuts. And so instead of internalizing it and giving myself an ulcer, I come home and I sit down and I yell into a microphone until I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> That's great therapy. Oh yeah, definitely. But um, like I said, I've got a few people that have approached me like, Hey man, I want to be on your show. And I, I'm all for, I, I'm, I'm good at conversations. I talk a lot. So, <laughs> um, so I've, I'm really excited about, I've got some people, other podcasters coming on. I've got actually non podcast related people that have approached me like, dude, can I come be on your show? And I'm a lot of them are, I'm just like, what exactly do you think I do? I mean, I know you've listened to at least one episode cause you know, I have a show, but what are you going to do on my show? Besides probably come on and try and crack jokes for like 45 minutes and fail. Cause, <laughs> but I've got um, a, a guy, it's a friend of mine who he is, uh, he like makes these, uh, movie authentic Jason Voorhees masks from like Friday the 13th. Okay. And they are so badass. I mean, it's, he really, he takes it seriously. It's like the work of several days just to make one mask. And, Holy um, shit. Yeah. But they're like authentic to how they would look in the movies. I mean, they're, obviously they're not like authorized movie. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's just something he does. I mean, it's, and he, he, he has like a whole wall of them in his, in his uh, house or his garage where it's like one for each movie in the series. And he's working his way through the series. Plus he made from the eight bit Nintendo video game. He made a Jason mask based off the mask from that. That's that like the perfect shade of the blue that they used in the video game. And it glows in the dark. That's it's badass. Awesome. Right. <laughs> and that is so, so cool. Yeah, so he he wants to come on and talk about you know stuff, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, dude, I am all for it. I you are more than welcome to. Go. So he and I are trying to get something set up so he can. Uh, and he's got he's got a YouTube channel and he's with a couple other guys where they've started talking about horror movies and stuff. So that may be a little like cross promotional kind of deal where I'm like, yeah, you can have my my audience of 25 or whatever, I'm more than happy to tell them to come check out your show. 
I don't know. I don't know how much I trust the analytics because it's like, you know, the host site tells me one thing and then I've got, I go on Twitter and I've got like, you know, a dozen people going, dude, I love this show. You guys should check it out. And I'm like, do you, do you know? Cause I mean, it's like, I can't speak for anybody else in the world, but I, I have a list of shows that I actually listen to on a, on a regular basis. I'm constantly listening to new shows too, like all the time. I, but, but I have my rotation. Like I've been, you know, I listen to your show. I listen to a couple other shows and I, I've also found out that I've trained myself. I listen to 90% of the shows I listen to now. I listen to them at least 1.8 speed because otherwise I'll never get caught up. I mean, there are certain people you can't listen to at that speed though. (laughs) It's like, Oh my God, chipmunks on meth. (laughs) Who doesn't love chipmunks on meth though? Oh yeah. Well, but certain, yeah, like I said, certain, there's certain, a couple certain programs where it's like, no, I have to slow this down or I'm going to need Ritalin before today's over. Um, but it's like all the shows I, you know, I plug or whatever when I'm talking about shows on different social medias. I've listened to them at least some of the episodes and I've decided, okay, I'm not going to feel bad putting my stamp on this. So it's like, uh, yeah, I, but I can't necessarily, everybody else does say everybody else does that. Some people may just be like, well, this guy's, you know, plugging the hell out of these shows. Is there some name recognition? I'll say I like his show too. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't know how much I trust the analytics cause <laughs> they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily line up if everybody's honestly listens, but, and I also know I'm not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. I mean, <laughs> as, as, as fun and charming as I am, I'm very self-aware of the fact that there's, I, there's a, there's a reason there's a, a like warning right at the start of my shows that say, yeah, there's a good chance you're going to be pissed off at some point. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I'm glad to have you. I appreciate your support that you've shown not only me, but, you know, my podcast over the course of what has it been eight, nine months now. And so I I appreciate it. And I thank you so much for getting up early ass in the morning and coming out (laughs) and hanging out with me. Um, So did you have you had you ever heard of this case uh, before I sent it to you? Um. Like I briefly, I, there was like a register, a little ring of familiarity when I started listening to it where I was like this, I, I think I might've heard this somewhere, but it was not like a real predominant one. Like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Uh, like, and again, that might go back to the whole, like screening all the podcasts before I will say yay or nay to giving them a shout out or whatever. Cause honestly it could be that, or it could be the fact that my wife is a true crime person, like hardcore. Like I started, I started getting into it because of things like talking to you and being like, this dude's cool. I got to see what he's got to say. So, <laughs> but up until a year ago, I was not a big true crime fan per se. And, uh, so it was like, I might, might've been peripherally aware of it. It was, I'd heard of it, but I wasn't real familiar with the case. Right. And it's the, it's the classic entitled teenager tale, right? Oh, she yeah. thinks she deserves everything but hasn't done shit for it yeah no i this i should have this (laughs) and yeah it's it's one of those tales that makes me just like really happy i don't have grandkids at the moment right 
because it's yeah. it's definitely a it's a sad story and it's something you know like you get it like everybody grows up and your hormones are so all over the fucking place when you're a kid but jesus christ to go and kill your grandfather for for what money like yeah. why and you know a little patience you would have gotten the money eventually anyway but well right and not only i mean i maybe not all of it but you at least would have gotten some of it and yeah. you know but the whole you know which brings me to my question of you know she blamed it on american horror story right saying I mean, that that is such a cop out right saying that american horror story you know caused me to do this and you know being that what we're exposed to do you in your opinion do you think that you know violent not necessarily video games but violent shows or you know stuff that insinuates violence do you think that has some kind of you know what i mean i guess bearing on her actions well honestly i don't really think it should (laughs) um i think it's more a an issue of I can't even really say upbringing because based on everything, you know, from listening to you and everything, like her grand, they were close. She was, his, her grandfather loved her and like doted on her and, you know, saying, oh, well, I watched a violent TV show. I, I, I grew up in the generation. I, you know, I, I grew up watching things like Scarface and, you know, all these like violent gangster movies and, and I'm not some, you know, cocaine kingpin in, in South Miami. <laughs> And I'm some goofy middle-aged bald guy from the Midwest. I, right. It, it, it's I. I don't really any. T- and you know, they when they were they were on that whole kick with you know violent video games are going to cause an increase in violence. And I I honestly don't believe that at all. But I'm I'm more of the mindset like my violent video games stop me from being violent in the real world because if I get too stressed, I go home and throw on Grand Theft Auto and I beat people to death with a bat until I stop being angry and, <laughs> and, and nobody gets hurt in the real world. And it's, I really, if I think if you're going to say this TV program influenced me to, you know, go out and horrifically murder my grandfather, you're either an idiot, a liar, or just that weak minded. That's not, that is, that would show a decided lack of mental fortitude. If you said, well, I beat somebody to death or I stabbed somebody in the neck or I did this or I did that because I saw it on TV. It's, I mean, that it, it's, it's a cop out. <laughs> it's Well, I think, you know, I think some of it was that, you know, she, she wanted what she wanted and she was going to take it at whatever cost. Right. Which is that, unfortunately that that side effect of you know coddling your kids and giving them everything they want from the time that they're little and and so she was going to take the money she was going to get it at at all costs necessary and and her friends probably egged her on and helped her and was like yo let's do this don't be you know don't wuss out you know yeah that, that her friends definitely were not good people they uh I mean, and, and it's a whole, like, it's like you said, it's a matter of entitlement and just a, a lack of any kind of moral core, not, not, not to get too soapboxy, but it's like, yeah, you know, maybe if your parents would have told you no and made you go out and mow the damn lawn before they gave you what you wanted, you might've had a little more sense of what stuff's actually worth. 
Right. And then there's just the mere fact that she could drive those three days, you know, kill him and then drive back and be, you know, and then, and then try and act surprised. Oh my God. No, did this happen? Well, yeah. How did this happen? Well, you stuck him in the neck. (laughs) Right, and then not put a band-aid on it. Right. <laughs> well, it's crazy. It's it like that part. It's just that that that's that sociopathic tendencies to be able to not have you know feel any kinds of emotion, no kind of remorse, but still be able to play the. Oh my god! I can't believe this happened. Even though you clearly know exactly what happened. Yeah, and uh, that's you know that's some next level bullshittery, and I, I'm saying that as someone who, to a certain capacity, is a professional bullshitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, just well, you know, because uh, a lot of what I do these days is trying to steer people in the right direction without coming out and being like, "Look, you're an idiot, and you need to do what you're told." So. <laughs> And, and I'm pretty good at what I do if I, with, you know, trying, not trying to brag. I'm just saying I, I am proficient at, uh, at steering people to, to the proper conclusion without making them feel guilty about not getting there on their own. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, if coming from that standpoint, you really got to have a, 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 a different thing in your brain to, be able to switch that like oh my god it's such a horror like no no crazy little girl you did something horrific maybe that maybe that's why she played it off as being so upset because she realized how shitty she actually was so she could she could get the emotions out without actually admitting as to why she was so broke up right and and maybe not though i think it was more or less she just didn't want to get caught because the reality of it is come trial time she starts blaming her grandpa and telling her, you know, or well, not her, but her lawyers are saying, you know, that her grandfather had abused her. Yeah. And that's, 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 uh. <laughs> that's some next level, like Casey Anthony shit that, you know, if it didn't happen, don't fucking say that it happened. Oh yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, that's using every tool in the toolbox, trying to get out of taking responsibility for what you did. And, and uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's frustrating to me too because, particularly in cases too. I mean, I understand like lawyers have to provide the best possible defense they can for their clients, and they have certain obligations to uphold. But at the same time, if you get these lawyers who are like, "Well, did this happen? We can use this as a defense." If you know that you got some little wackadoo that did something horrible and you're sitting there like, well, let, let's, let's use the, you were a abu- Was your grandfather ever mean to you? <laughs> yeah, no, you were abused because he wouldn't let you have what you wanted. So, no, that's not abuse. And, and that's kind of like you said with the entitlement thing, it's like you got a whole generation of people that think they're getting so horribly shit on because they're just, being told no and you know it's like no you don't always get your way and uh i mean that's one of those things i've (laughs) not to completely derail things but like i i have i have a kid for the listeners who don't know uh he's a grown young man at this point i'm actually very proud of the way he turned out um but 
he understands if you want something, you're not owed something. You got to get out there and you got to work for it. And, you know, nobody owes you a squat. And that's kind of like I said, I mean, when he was younger, if he wanted something, it was like, well, you know, the lawn's not going to mow itself, you know, and, you know, and it wasn't even hard for us because we got a riding mower. So, I mean, it's literally, literally driving around in a circle for an hour. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, dude, you're NASCAR training. Get out there. Drive fast. Turn left. Turn left. Drive fast. Only on the lawnmower, don't drive fast because if you drive too fast, it doesn't do a good job cutting the grass. <laughs> Dr- drive it about a three on the throttle and, and turn left. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a case of, you know, you always hear, you know, just teenagers that... I don't know. It's sad. It's a sad story because not only did she kill her grandfather, but I mean, she practically ruined her family. Her parents got a divorce. I mean, oh, yeah, because no, they couldn't the, handle the stress of it. I mean, it's sad. The blow, the blowback was terrible. I mean, I mean, I, I, maybe I'm just too sane and rational. I can't even put myself in that mindset of like, oh, I this is how I would react to that. I don't. I have no idea what I would do in that situation if. If my kid whacked my parent to try and, you know, find some hidden money somewhere, I I can't even pre- begin to pretend I would know what I would do. I mean, I, I have some theories, but most of them aren't very nice. Like, you did what to grandpa? Excuse me, officer, can you give me about five minutes alone with my son before you take him? I, we, I need to have a little talk with him heart, real quick, heart to heart. This is very important. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what crazy. I don't know what that's- three must have fell (laughs) (laughs) and that's the crazy part is she was you know out to get a hundred thousand dollars but she ended up only making out with what digital camera and a thousand bucks yeah a thousand bucks like and it's like (laughs) it's like you literally just killed somebody for a thousand not that killing somebody for any amount of money is worth it but you killed somebody for a thousand dollars and nonetheless somebody who loved you Exactly. You killed somebody who loved and cared about you and was happy to see you when you came in. And, right. And he was like, okay, hey, look, you're here, sweetie. Let's let's spend some time together. It's so nice that you came to visit me. <clears throat> I mean. Yeah, it's sad. And the sad part is, is like horror movies, which I love horror movies. I'm a huge avid or horror fan, but uh, horror f- films really don't depict how depraved real life is you know and shit like this yeah no it's it's kind of funny you know we get these you know super like crazy off off the chart type horror flicks now i mean i'm I'm a little older so i i've i I remember you know a little a little earlier on in the in the movie genres when things weren't nearly where they are now and it's like and i mean even we get even into like the the, the, the practically like torture porn stuff like you want to like the saw series and stuff like that like this horribly graphic stuff and it still doesn't hold a candle to some of these people literally really walking the streets right now just like i mean it's it's kind of easy to look at the thing and go yeah that's jigsaw you know that nobody would ever really do something that terrible and then you've got you know sociopathic teenage girls killing their grandparents for you know what turns out to be chump change uh, which is way worse in my opinion yeah. than jigsaw oh, yeah. yeah i mean at least jigsaw had some sort of reason behind like <laughs> you're, you're a terrible person so we're gonna put your head into a reverse bear trap and if you can get out of this maybe you'll be a better person for having escaped my 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 game and 
Well, I mean, yeah, it's still, I mean, that's still insane, but, <laughs> but like, it's, yeah, no, you're right. The real horrors is the everyday stuff that can happen around us. And, uh, you know, not to get too hard on the social commentary, but it's, and it seems to be getting worse. I mean, you know, you go, it's just a couple of generations ago where things like this were shocking to hear about them, you know, like, oh my God, this kid killed someone for, you know, a bag of Cheetos and 43 cents. And, and now it's like Tuesday. Right. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that is the unfortunate part. And I don't know if it's, you know, a culmination of, okay, were things like this happening a lot back then? And because of it, the world not being as connected as it is now, is that why you didn't hear about it as much? Or is it because we have social media and we have such, everything is such at our fingertips that we're able to hear about this, you know, like you said, on the daily? Yeah, well, that's, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a mixed bag, personally. <laughs> I've, I've had this conversation, uh, a few times actually with uh, with some friends of mine where we were discuss not in relation to horrible, violent murders, but uh, just in relation to some other stuff, uh, you know, some of it was, we were talking about some, you know, is violence actually on the rise or is it a case of there's just more coverage of it? And uh, the, our general conclusion is it's, it's, it's both. It's a lot easier to find out about things now, which in some respects is good. In some respects is not so much. It's a, it's a lot easier to get call out, you know, the, the cases of like corruption or things that should not be going on. And that's good. But on the other side of that coin, there's also this mentality of like, I'm going to be a star and I'm going to go do some dumb shit. And I, I have a, I have a theory. It's one of those unpopular theories, you know, but it's, and this is kind of a, I don't want to make it sound like I'm shitting on people due to circumstance, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's, it's got a lot to do with the way the mentality towards bringing up our kids is, is, uh, not really working the way it should. And because part of it is there's a much bigger dynamic where a lot of kids are spending more of their formative years where that initial base core of personality is going like in the care of grandparents, which I being, being someone who understands it because I had to go through it myself. I mean, there was a point my wife and I were both at work. My son my son's grandmother was the one who got him off the bus, made sure he did his homework. And, uh, you know, and fortunately she she was a good one. So, you know, we didn't have too many issues where it was like, you know, my biggest beef with that was she let, she let him be a very picky eater when he was younger. So, you know, you know how embarrassing it is as a chef to have your kid tell people, yeah, I don't like his cooking. (gasps) Oh, no. Well, yeah, because I would make him eat real food, and <laughs> when when Grandma was in charge of meals, it, he would be like, "I want chicken fingers and fries." So, you know, that was he what got he chicken would fingers get. and fries, right? And when Dad was home and made dinner, we'd have you know roast beef or pork chops or something that wasn't chicken fingers, and he'd be like, "I'm not eating this." I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> 
no, I want chicken fingers. Well, you're not getting friggin' chicken fingers because <laughs> I, I, I made a really nice dinner for us. You're having a really nice dinner, but I don't want this tough shit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that, that was our, that was our big sticking point where grandma was an issue, but in a lot of cases it's, you know, grandma or grandpa or whoever is basically raising the kid either because the parents are kids themselves. I mean, it happens, but you know, they're, they're not ready to be responsible for their situation. Or like I said, in, in our circumstance, my wife and I were both at work and they're just, it wasn't with things being what they are, particularly the right now with the economy being what it is. And mom and dad are both at work and grandma's or grandpas are raising the kids a they're tired b they're grandmas and grandpas so they it, it a lot of people joke about it a lot of people try and say oh well that's not the case you know that's not how my parents were with me i've seen it firsthand grandparents are easier on their grandkids and it's it's they maybe i don't know maybe we don't feel the same obligation towards i when i once i get a grandkid i'll, I'll we'll check back in on this and let you know. but because it's, but it's their chance to be the more easygoing individual. And like I said, part of that too, is I assume it's just because people get tired <laughs> and it's a lot, it's a lot of work to be a hard ass with a, with a four-year-old <laughs> as opposed to just be like, Oh, here you go, baby. I want to see you happy. And, and so we've got a whole generation of kids that are being raised with the mindset of being happy is more important and I'm not saying being happy isn't important. You should, you should be happy, but they're being raised with this more instant gratification of what they want is what they should have as, a, as opposed to getting what is right or necessarily better for them. And uh, I think to a certain extent that does affect the amount of, and I think it hit like a critical mass where we had enough people that f were coming up feeling that way and thinking that way where everyone decided that should be the norm instead of having the more structured disciplined upbringing and realizing you have to work for the things you want instead of just being told okay here you go baby so it's yeah <laughs> it's definitely the you know it's the it's the entitlement and a lot of that is you know parents just giving what they want grandparents whoever's you know during like you said their formative years teaching them that they don't have to work for something that they can just you know that it's whatever they want and part of that in my opinion comes from the social media era everything is right there any kind of video you want to want to watch any kind of media you want to consume everything is right there and not only that but you are watching people get everything that you want you know and so then you're like damn i want that this is what i deserve this i'm you know but without putting in the work you know that they're putting in because you don't know what they the kind of work that they do behind the scenes to project this image you know what i mean yeah it, it, definitely it's uh i mean that's kind of one of those things and maybe this is just me being in the service industry but for a while, it was a huge thing where you get all these people that, oh, well, I'm an influencer. What do you, what do you influence? What, what do you, what exactly do you do that, and that I should be giving you something for nothing? So you can tell your, your whatever followers, oh, look here, I went here. This is awesome. You should, you should, you know, they gave me a, they gave me dinner for nothing. Congratulations. I mean, realistically, and 
again, it goes to the sense of entitlement. You'd get these people like, oh, well, I I have 10,000 Instagram followers. How many of them live in my area and are going to patronize my restaurant for you coming in and eating for free? Realistically, how many of them are bots? <laughs> how many of how many of your ten thousand followers are some guy on the other side of the planet clicking like just because he makes three dollars a day doing this for twelve hours a day? I, I mean, it's it's I that that <laughs> drives me nuts. The whole like, oh well, I, I I'll take I'll take a picture in in your in your clothing if you give it to me for free. That clothing wasn't free to make. It cost me money, and that. That exp- the people that think that exposure is somehow going to offset the cost behind whatever they're given, it's like I, I like I get it if it's somebody that has like you know three million followers or something. There's a chance it might be worth it to give them something, but I mean, for God's sakes, I almost have a thousand people following me on Instagram, and I don't even make anything or do anything. <laughs> it, it's it's like wow, yeah, you're an influencer. I should give you all this shit that, just because you want it. But unfortunately, that's there's a lot of money in influencing, you know, quote unquote, and, and there's a lot of money in that because we're so, like, ad-tailored. Like, everything is tailored to you, right? So any ads that you see on your phone is stuff that you've searched or stuff that you're interested in or you know, that kind of stuff. But the reality of it is if you follow an influencer and they promote a brand, there's a good, not necessarily an influencer. It could be a podcaster. It could be a YouTube channel that you watch. It could be whatever. And they say, Hey, go check this out. You are inclined to believe them a little bit more than if you were to just get an ad on Google about it. Right. Well, yeah, that's, I I understand that. And but uh, the the I've, I've noticed too the way you know speaking as a podcaster and you know we all try and I've been trying to you know cop some new gear just because I would like to up my game a little bit. But the companies are getting a little more savvy about dealing with that stuff now too. It's uh, they they actually look at metrics and things like that. But I think the initial the initial glut of all these nobodies that were trying to be influencers it's like oh well i'm an influencer no you're not you like i said you have you know ten thousand followers eight thousand of whom are probably bots and of the two thousand that are left there's like four that are in my area and and it's not like i mean it's one thing if you're going with like a corporation trying to get a sponsorship or some big company that has a marketing budget but when you're trying to get a little you know privately owned restaurant that has 25 tables to give you a hundred dollars worth of free food. So you can come in and take a couple pictures of the plates and, you know, make some stupid duck face at the camera next to a, next to a glass of wine. No, it's, I, th- I think that's the entitlement. I mean, you want to work with a company and I'm all for that. I, I, that's actual, like you said, that's more of a tailored advertising kind of thing, but just trying to score free shit from little, privately owned mom and pop type shops because you think you're special and like you did a really good makeup tutorial once and 85 people thought it was awesome. Yeah. No, that's, that's entitlement. That's just dumb. Right. And, uh, that oh being my, said, Aaron, it, <laughs> you're watching those makeup tutorials, uh, never on purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, that autoplay feature where sometimes where you like, 
fall asleep on the couch and you wake up going, what the <laughs> hell is this crap? <laughs> and, you know, I, I actually, I refuse to acknowledge a name or anything, but there's, there's a couple of podcasts that the hosts, uh, are, tie into things like doing makeup tutorials while they're talking and things like that. And I, I can see it's kind of novel, but at the same time, I'm like, you, you just really irritate me. I'm not impressed enough about your makeup looks to offset your voice. I don't know who told you an audio medium was the way for you to go, but. Well, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to cut, you're going to catch some hate for that. Cause I mean, one of the biggest, you know, in the true crime genre, at least on YouTube, uh, everybody who knows who Bailey Sarian is, I'm sure you've heard of her. Uh, she does makeup tutorials and talks about true crime. Yeah. And I'm not specifically saying her. I mean, on the other hand, you guys, if you want to come at me, go ahead. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I had to say at podcast.com. There's an email link. There's a form. Go ahead. Click it. <laughs> Here's your uh, here's your anger, everybody. Here you go. Yep. Vent your ire. <laughs> I'm on all the socials at me, but um, yeah, I'm not hating on anyone specific. That was just the example that popped to my mind, and um, and this was not anybody that was well known because like the video that I'm thinking of, like, and that's a literal example. Was like I said, I fell asleep on the couch, I woke up, and I'm like, what is this shit? So it was probably it was probably somebody who was like. Well, Bailey Dyer can do that. So can I. And it's like, no, you, your video has four thumbs up. I don't know how many times it's been played because I don't see your analytics, but I see how many likes there are, and there's four. You're not, you're not, you're not on that level. I'm sorry. Copying somebody else that was successful, unless you do it as good or better than them, is not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> Innovation is good. New is good. Creative is good. If, like I said, if you're taking somebody else's creative shtick and just being like, oh, look, I can do the exact same thing. Well, yeah, but they already did it. You're not, you're not an innovator. You're not a creator. You're a copycat. So, and I, I may, maybe I'm just a little, I, I'm, a, I'm a little skewed when it comes to that. I mean, particularly with some of the people I've been compared to and I'm like, wow, re really? I, that's not what I was going for, but okay. Okay. I mean, I've gotten some good ones where I'm like, you know, you know, uh, Bill Burr and uh, Dan Carlin and a couple other guys where I'm just like, wow, re really? Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I love those guys. But, but then I've had a couple of people where it's just like, dude, you're like just angry. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Like, if I, you don't want to listen, don't listen. Yeah. I mean, Nobody's forcing you to listen, obviously, but, you know, and I'm still, you know, I'm still waiting for my, my, my one-star review. I'm, 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 I'm hoping for it. I'm like, like, give, give me that. Like I finally made my bones review where it's like, cause I, I look at it as you get, if you get somebody that worked up where they feel the need to come and take time out of their day to be like, this guy sucks. I'm like, yep. Yep you know, it's one of those love it or hate it. You got that much of a reaction out of somebody. You did something right. Whereas like, you know, other, otherwise, you know, if you don't make any kind of impact, just go like meh and go on to the next, next thing. So, I mean, like I and said, I think that's see things out there to pay attention to. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think the last statistic was something like there's like 3 million 
current podcast listings on holy shit now out of that three million only about eight hundred thousand are active which is still a massive number it's of still things. a massive number right but there's something like 90 93 or 94 percent of podcasts that were started in the last year made it less than seven episodes before they folded like pod fade yeah pod fade and it's a real thing and um you know it's i mean hell i've i've had i've I've had thoughts where i'm just like do i really want to keep doing this this is stress (laughs) that was that was one of those things where like i'm where i when i i decided to dial back to just doing one episode a week because when, before I really figured out what I was going to do, I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, going to have all these different theme episodes. And then I was like, this is a lot of shit to do and still have a 40 hour a week job. <laughs> like, like literally as soon as I went back to work, I was like, there's no way I can keep like, cause I, I had a whole, I still have a whole bunch of stuff, but um, it's probably going to be like bonus material when I have time to do it. Like with like cooking, basically it's you know a half-ass cooking show because that is you know my kind of what i do so it's like but i i that's a lot more like if i want the end result to be a good thing a lot more editing and a lot more labor intensive so it's like you know i could theoretically do this but that's like another 30 or 40 hours a week i just don't have to spare right now right and there uh, is a lot that goes yeah. into creating and it's, it's definitely taxing. Yeah. I mean, it can, it can, uh, it can be a bit much, but, uh, I, t- I totally lost where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, if you're going to, if you want to be an influencer and you want to influence people, you have to actually bring something to the table, I guess was what in the long rambling way to get around to this was saying, um, yeah, it's if you want if you want to really, you know, like I said, there, the the definition of influence is being able to affect other people's decisions. And it, if you're just some random ass 19 year old that, you know, has no real life experience and no real exposure other than either kind of looking kind of cute or having a halfway marketable personality. And honestly, I, I'm, I'm going to show my age here and be an old fart. I don't understand how some of these fuckers have followings. And I, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, and I, I, they did a South Park episode about it with, with the whole, like watching other people play video games online. And I, I under I get the comparison of like, you know, comparing it to like, you know, sporting events and stuff like, well, well you like watching football games. Yeah. That's because they're doing something. I don't have the capacity to do. I, I can I, I'm I'm old and out of shape. I can't go out and hit, you know play heads up football against a bunch of guys and smashing. I mean, shit. I'm I'm 40. I can't be smashing into other people right now. I I, I can't deal with that. So, I, yes. So I like to watch sports or or you know like we were, we were talking hockey earlier. I I I I would love to go out and play hockey, but getting smashed up against the boards. I don't I don't. It would take me three days to recover. Plus. I don't even know if my ankles would be able to deal with hot, hot, with ice skates right now. <laughs> so it's like eh, getting old sucks, but, but I can sit down and play a video game just as easily as the next guy. I may not be as good at it, but I like actually doing it. And, 
And, you know, like I said, I mean, I like, I like to go play Grand Theft Auto or, you know, various shooters or whatever. Um, not all of them. Like I, I don't get Fortnite. I, I'm well, okay. Let me rephrase that. I'm terrible at Fortnite. Uh, I'm bad enough where I don't want to play it because I suck and I don't need some 12 year old screaming in my headphones about how he banged my mom. So, and, and that, when that comes up, I'm always like, dude, you're into grandmas. That's fucking gross, bro. That's gross, bro. <laughs> like what? Like I'm old enough to be your daddy. Don't tell me you're fucking my mom. Right. That's gross. You don't even know what fucking <laughs> is dude. And, uh, yeah, like when I was when I was younger and my son was younger, uh, you know, we're like PS3 era, you know, when online gaming was first getting to be real popular. And uh, <laughs> I, I would sometimes play Call of Duty with him and his friends and not have my microphone turned on. So they didn't realize that, like, the guy with the handle they didn't recognize was not they They're like, oh, that's, you know. That's one of Alex's online buddies, uh, whatever. And they didn't know it was me. And they'd be sitting there talking all this shit to each other and cussing and, you know, fuck you, fuck this, fuck that. Dude, that's why I banged your mom, blah, 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 blah. And I I would, like, unmute my headset and be like, what'd you say about my wife? Oh, fuck. They'd be freaking out. And then I'm, like, headshotting them while they're distracted. And. And, and like one of one, actually one of his friends who was the youngest one out of the group. So at the time, I think he was like 11, maybe yeah, 11 or 12. And so we're playing call of duty and uh, well, no, actually, no, he had to be older than 11 or 12. I, I, I wasn't that terrible. I was, I didn't let my kid do all kinds of horrible things when he was younger. Um, but, but I also didn't, he was probably 14 but the the youngest kid out of that his little group of friends that was playing online with him, I had no idea how foul mouthed this kid was because he never talked that way around me. Right. I mean, he had enough sense to keep it in check around the parents. But so we're playing a, we're playing the game and same thing. I'm sitting there with my headset muted and this kid is just cussing a blue streak. Everyone in the in the game was either a motherfucker, a cocksucker, or a son of a whore. And I was like, and I'm sitting there and I'm laughing you know i'm playing i'm who is this cocksucker why does this guy keep mother why are you fucking with me you son of a bitch and i finally just like after the round was over i turned on the mic and like yeah not bad for some old fuck huh kid and he's like, it was it was pretty funny well aaron i appreciate you coming on to the jury room i know we got completely sidetracked and off topic which was fantastic do you have any final thoughts on this woman that is not even a woman because she's not she's a little girl um this is not a hashtag free britney that we should get behind so any final thoughts on her i think they should put her under the jail they um she she well i mean She's young enough where her idiot friends, I'm sure, were a huge influence on her doing stupid shit because based on what she said, it sounds like they were some real winners and um, were probably very upstanding moral citizens that went to church every Sunday and and they were all honor students, I'm sure. But ultimately, yeah, that's a a horrific fucking thing. And I don't want to say you can't necessarily. I mean, I do believe people deserve second chances to a certain extent. I think stabbing your grandfather in the neck is one of those things where it's like, nope, you you need to go be put away. You don't need to be around people. You you uh, you suck. 
So, um, and frankly, I think both of her friends suck and they all should probably, uh, not be out in society any longer. I agree. 100%. Of course it's Australia. They could like, maybe, you know, put them out in the middle of nowhere and be like, here, we're going to treat this like a game show. Here's a can, here's a canteen and a compass. And if you can find the closest city and they let you come in. <laughs> no, 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 not even no compass. <laughs> well, here's a canteen. You got 300, <laughs> 300 miles to civilization. Good luck. You know, and then like have drones follow them or something. So <laughs> you know. I, I assume someday reality TV will be something like that. Oh, I, I, I have, there's no question in my mind. Uh, Someday the running man will be a real thing. And, uh, well, Aaron, again, I appreciate you coming on. I am so thankful for this opportunity. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I know we've talked about it a few times, but I definitely appreciate you coming on, talking to me about Robert Whitwell and the unfortunate demise to the end of his life that shouldn't have been over some money. And it's definitely just a sad, sad story. Yeah, it really is. Well, thank you for having me, man. I mean, it's this was fun. I, 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 and if you ever want to come on my show, just let me know. I mean, you're always welcome. Oh, 100%. And, uh, but before we go, there's one question, and you should know it's coming. So, yeah, you ready to answer it? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be one sandwich condiment, what would you be and why? I would be Dijonese. Ooh. What kind though? Was it like a specific flavor? What do you got going on? Because it's a little zesty. It's a little creamy. It's fun to say. It goes good on sandwiches. Now, is that homemade? Oh, of course. It's got to be homemade Dijonese. <laughs> well, I mean, allow me to amend that. As long as I can use a food processor or something, because making mayonnaise by hand sucks. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Well, right on, Aaron. I appreciate you coming on and talking to me about this. And I can't wait to join you on your show and we can just sit and talk about said, whatever yeah, the hell you want to talk bullshit about. Bullshit about whatever. Right. That's, that's, well, again, thanks for coming on and I appreciate it. And uh, I hope you have a good day. Thanks. You too, man. I, I, like, thanks again. This was awesome. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening. And remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner, walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.